Greetings and salutations, all, and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am said host, Skits M. Jones, and uh, this is the second episode since the broader launch uh, across multiple platforms of the podcast. Still not yet on iTunes. Uh, don't know what's the the hang up there, but we're working on that. Um, but I figured uh, today for the midweek episode, uh, I'm uh, hitting up an open mic at Mojo's tonight. Uh, I I didn't do my usual Monday night open mic deal um, for various reasons. It's a big comedy week in the area. The uh, On the Fox Festival uh, is is happening in Aurora, which is like four days of, of big shows. Um, I'm planning on checking out. I know Scott Galvin is recording his uh, album on Thursday. And then uh, I know a few people who are going to be at the Shrine on Friday. Uh, Jamie Martin being one of them who I know through. Uh, also, same as Scott Galvin. I know them through that northern and western Illinois scene. Um, doing all sorts of cool things out in like Rockford and Loves Park and uh, DeKalb in that area. Um, Chris May is another one of those guys up in that area doing the scabbed up comedy, which man, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm glad I got in early on that, uh, and, and got to be in one of the early episodes, but man, I almost kind of wish I'd waited because he, with every episode is just upping production value, upping, uh, quality of the content. It, it is more than just a show where people do comedy getting tattooed. It is becoming uh, its own weird little anthology series of vignettes and uh, outlandish uh, premises and things like that. So shout out to that. Uh, everyone up in that scene, so cool, super supportive. Um, I've, I've done, you know, a handful of shows uh, out around that area and everyone's been super cool. Uh, so that's been great. Um, I want to talk about comedy a little bit. Uh, I know I've spoken in the past about being the the least metal person in a metal band. Um, and I'm also probably the least comedy, at least stand-up comedy person in uh, this uh, suburbs and that uh, northern and western scene that I'm talking about in, in Illinois. Um, you know, I'm I'm coming up on my first year uh, anniversary of doing stand-up. That happens uh, next month. Um, but I've never been the biggest uh, comedy nerd, uh, as as a lot of the the folks you know kind of refer to themselves. You know, they they study tapes of comics and they you know have their their favorites and they. Uh, watch what everyone's doing and they listen to every podcast and they go to every show and they they really deep dive into it and I've always had more of like a loose flirtation with the stand-up art form itself um, and it really is it is its own art form it is a whole different animal um, and there's you know different branches off of that the same way you know metal is one branch that then has a, a bunch of different 
uh, outcroppings from there, you know, your, your different genres of metal. Comedy has a lot of different genres too. You know, you've got your, your improv, you've got your storytellers, you've got your one person shows, you've got your ensemble deals, you've got, um, so many different things. And, you know, my, uh, experience with it has, has been, um, I don't know, somewhat limited, I suppose. And I'm working on that. You know, I, I, I think my big goal for my second year in comedy is I've got a pretty good understanding of, of who I am, at least at this stage, you know, cause I'm, uh, it's my first year of comedy, but it's not my first year of performing. I'm a, I'm a long, long time performer, whether it was in music or wrestling or, uh, acting or whatever. I've done a lot. And so I have something of an idea of who I am. Um, you know, so now I want to focus on going to shows, going to the shows that are being put on in the scenes that I want to, uh, be on those shows. And I want to see what are the people on those shows doing? What is the, the thing, uh, that, is that next step. Cause I've, I've seen the open mics. I I've seen people working on their stuff. I've, I've been there working on the stuff. I want to see the polish. I want to see the prepped shows, you know, cause I've, I've done a few showcases with a few people. Um, but it's, it's different to just go and watch as opposed to go and be on the show. Cause when you're on the show, you're thinking about, you know, what am I doing? How's the crowd going to respond? What do I need to uh, worry about what do I need to think about? So even if uh, you're watching other people's sets, you're thinking about all right. What are they? What is the crowd responding to? What are they not responding to? Do I need to cater any of my material in one direction or another, and and things of that nature? Um, and I'm new, so I'm usually you know top of the card, uh, uh, not not top like the start. I'm the start of the of other than the host. You know, I'm one of the first people going up because I'm I'm the new guy, and I get that. Um, the the new kid on the scene, even though I'm older than a lot of the people, because I am off to a late start. Um, but even that being said, you know, first year in, I've already had a number of shows. I did my first like long uh, set, you know that that 15 to 20 minute range I've done that a, a, a couple times now um, and that's not the most common for for uh, someone with as, as little stage time there are people with you know multiple years in and we're all kind of at that same level and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm already a, a performer and so I think I I bring a little bit of that and I don't want to sound like I'm I'm like blowing myself here because that's not what I'm trying to say you know it's just that I didn't have to worry about being afraid of being on stage because I've I've got that I can be on a stage I can talk to a crowd I can I can deal with that um and I know that's a lot of the the developing uh of your of your skill set is getting comfortable just being on a stage um, and it, it got me thinking, all right, so that's a little bit of an advantage for me. Something I've noticed is a lot of comics have very strong opinions about non-comedians doing comedy 
especially with regards to headline spots. Um, there's a lot of non-comics who are getting headline spots in this area and just all across the country. Um, a lot of former pro wrestlers are doing the thing. Uh, I know like Mick Foley has done it, Jake the Snake has done it, Hornswoggle's doing it, Al Snow is doing it, uh, Dolph Ziggler, I don't know if he's doing it in the same way. I think he's working the circuit more, um, it, to my understanding. Um, but I know a lot of uh, former wrestlers are just jumping right into it. And, you know, coming from the world of wrestling, I recognize that there are a lot of similar skill sets, working a crowd, eliciting responses, um, things of that nature that translate from wrestling to comedy. I, I recognize that. Um, but I know a lot of people are like, well, fuck that. They shouldn't get to jump to being the headliner on a card. Because uh, anyone who, who recognizes their name goes to that show. You know, yes, they have the name recognition and they're not bad, but they're not good. They're not comics. They are still this other thing. Uh, and I, I don't know how much truth there is or isn't to that. I'm way too new to it myself to really have that strong an opinion on it. Um, that said, I'll never fault any promoter for putting an established name from any field at the at the top of a card, even if that does probably do uh, damage to the scene if said performer is not good. Because if someone goes and... Uh, I. I don't want to name a, a, a real wrestler. Uh, so I'll just say uh, Luchador Jeff. Let's say Luchador Jeff, you know, is an established name from TV, goes to headline a show, and is not good. Um, anyone who then went to go see Luchador Jeff is like, oh, uh, stand-up comedy is bullshit, because, like, that sucked. And if that's coloring your opinion of, of stand-up comedy, then yeah, I absolutely see where more seasoned comics would be upset about that happening, you know, that watering down of, of the, uh, the drink, so to speak. Um, but I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I know that Keanu Reeves has a band and, uh, Johnny Depp has a band and like a lot of actors, just, uh, a lot of actors have bands and they do that thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I guarantee a lot of musicians are out there like, oh, they're not on the hustle. They're not earning their spot. And yeah, maybe they haven't earned a, a headlining U.S. tour spot. But then again, there are people who absolutely will pay just to go see Johnny Depp. And if you offered me a spot on that bill opening for Johnny Depp's band, I'd be like, hell yeah. That's more eyes than I'm going to see being uh, Skits M. Jones the maybe you've heard of me if you live in the area that I live in. Uh, maybe, maybe you've heard of me. Um, you know, because I have no delusions about myself and my current status, you know. Um, so yeah, would, would love to have those eyes on me. Um, but also recognize that those people aren't there to see me. So maybe I'd be up in front of them and they would not give a shit. Which is fine, you know, that's all part of the deal. Because, um, hell, I've I've been on stage with non, you know, 
celebrity headliners and if you're the opening act uh no one cares and you have to win them and sometimes you can and sometimes you just can't sometimes it's just not going to be your room or it's not going to be your audience or whatever um so i i come from a weird you know background because i am a musician i am a semi-retired pro wrestler current pro wrestling personality uh you know, I'm I'm bringing these different skill sets to the the comedy thing, and maybe it's a cheat. Maybe I haven't earned any of the things that I've had yet. Um, you know, or maybe that's just uh, imposter syndrome, and I'm you know I'm doing the hustle and I've earned it. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably not for me to say. In all honesty, um, but it's it's just wild to me seeing. Uh, like Stormy Daniels is another one who's segueing from porn and stripping and being in national headlines due to her lawsuits against uh, Donald Trump to headlining comedy shows. And I don't know if she's any good or not. I honestly have no idea. Maybe she is. Maybe she's got great stories, you know, and is being a a funny storyteller the same thing as stand-up comedy. Well, of course it's not. Um you know, Henry Rollins, I would say, is an amazing storyteller. He books his tours as spoken word shows. He's out there speaking. Um, but I've also seen him do shows with stand-up comics. And he holds his own in his own sort of way. But is he doing stand-up? You tell me. I, I don't know. How do you judge that? Uh, and I've seen Rollins live a, a number of times. And absolutely kills that audience again is there to see Henry Rollins so you know maybe that's not a fair judge I've really only been to a handful of proper established name comedians um during during my life uh I think one of the best and and most inspiring shows I've seen uh was Scott Thompson doing the Buddy Cole monologues which even that isn't really a stand-up show. That is a series of humorous monologues told in this persona. Um, but that having been said, you could put that on any comedy stage and that is a fit. That's a, a thing. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my family's favorite, one of their favorite comedians was Gallagher. And we all went as a family to go see Gallagher. And I, I couldn't tell you too many specifics about the show. You know, he did the watermelon smashing. He did uh, some of the, the wordplay stuff. It's a lot of, you know, safe family-friendly material. I don't think there was anything all that subversive about Gallagher. There were a lot of props. There was a lot of, of showmanship to it. Um, you know, and, and uh, that was my initial interaction with comedy and of course you know as I got older Eddie Murphy and George Carlin and Richard Pryor um, you know saw all of them uh, on HBO and whatnot like I never got the opportunity to see any of them live and you know it is what it is uh, some of their material holds up better than others some doesn't uh, the one probably biggest uh, comedic performance I've ever seen was back in 2006 or 2007 
this cat, Jim Wiggins, uh, also known as the last hippie in America. He's a cat who uh, uh, died in uh, 2015. He was uh, mid-70s. So I saw him in 2006 or 2007 when I was stationed up in Wisconsin. So he was probably mid-60s at that point. And Wiggins had written for uh, Carlin and you know, done all the, the big late night shows and was a constantly touring road comedian. Um, and I think it had done gigs with all of the greats. When you think of the greats that were alive during that time, Wiggins had been on stage with all of them um, and probably written for a good number of them as well. And I saw this dude in his mid-60s and I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard of him before. You know, when it when they said, oh, he's written for Carlin. I'm like, well, I know who Carlin is. Um, and Wiggins went on stage and was only supposed to do maybe a 45-minute set. You know, nothing wild. Uh, and about midway through what is supposed to be the set, starts pounding tequila with the crowd, just starts dropping shot after shot. And what followed can only be referred to as the closest I've ever seen to uh, jazz riffing in comedy. This dude did like a two-hour set and had the crowd riveted laughing for two hours. And I... Any show that's two hours long runs the risk of being exhausting. But this was a masterclass. This guy crushed. Um, and that's that's a level I can't even imagine. This dude was pulling on, let's say, 50 years of stand-up and performance experience. And just comfortable. Just knew who he was, what he was doing. Uh, and just went. Um, and it was wild. And I, I had even forgotten about it for a while until I started thinking about my own history with comedy and my experiences and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did go see that guy. And then looked back and was like, oh, that guy was the thing if you were a comic. That, w- that was the, at his time, he was the definition of a comics comic. Um, you know, much in the way recently past Brody Stevens would have been a, a comics comic. Like a lot, comics would talk about Brody Stevens even if people not as familiar with comedy were not familiar. And I'll be honest, I was not uh, the most familiar with with Brody Stevens. Um, you know, once I saw video clips and, and heard some audio and saw pictures, I was like, oh yeah, that guy. I've seen that guy. But had you just said to me prior to his passing, hey, you ever check out Brody Stevens? I'd be like, I, probably not, maybe, I don't know, might have seen him. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that idea of a, a comics comic, and I think that's where a lot of the the kind of gatekeeping kind of stuff comes in, because you've got comics who are just pure this is their art form, this is what they do, and they are masterful at it. Uh, And then you've got people who are entertainers 
who just happened to be in stand-up comedy. And I'll be honest, for me, that's kind of what I am right now. You know, I, I am focusing a lot of my time on it, and I'm definitely you know, working the craft as, as much as I can, but I'm a performer. You know, I, I struggle, uh, with whether or not I'm a comic. I've, I've been paid to go do comedy. So, I mean, I, I guess that qualifies me. Um, but I am a, a performer. And so it's, it's a wild conundrum, you know, looking at, the, the various things that go into it and what people respond to and what people don't, and what people in the scene respond to and what they don't, and the various fractions and, and fissures that can take place because people, you know, want comedy to be one thing and it's it's not always going to be one thing. It's it's a lot of things. And you know, again, I'm I'm the new kid, so how much room do I have to uh, speak on it. I can only speak to my own experience, and it has been a wild one, to say the least. You know, I have seen um, performers on stage who could not be more disparate. You know, uh, this cat Brennan Weaver is the wildest thing I've ever seen on stage. It's you would have to see him. I could not explain what he does. Um, and it, it's, it's wild. He's one of my favorites. Uh, and I've never seen someone make a room so uncomfortable, so easily, so quickly, and then win them back over time or not, sometimes not, uh, or, you know, half the room will be on board, half the room won't be. And it's not, it's not that the room is turned because it's offensive or hurting their sensibilities or anything like that. It's just what he is doing is so not what everyone else is, is doing in terms of going up, having a setup, having a punchline, the rule of threes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that said, there is some formula. I, I, I am sure that he has got something in mind some idea of of what's going on i don't i don't know what it is um i should probably ask him at some point i'd love to actually just sit and and pick his brain um he is wild uh and then there are people who are just hilarious um you know people who just go up and crush i think uh in in terms of the local scene even though now he's moved to chicago uh, I have seen Cameron Little go up and just wreck, just go up and destroy. Uh, one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Um, and then, I mean, there's so many, like, I could spend the next seven minutes just naming names, uh, which would be bad because I've still got to get to your recommendations and your tarot card reading because I have a formula um, and I don't want to ramble for too long. Um, but there are so many people in the scene uh, who are crushing and, and just doing amazing things and just hilarious, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, KB Marion or uh, Amy Blaze or Timmy Blaze or uh, Matt Drufke who's putting on that festival that I, I uh, mentioned earlier, you know, Papa Suburbs running the thing um mike wiley is out there uh dave sitka um 
uh, oh God, so, so many people, um, uh, I'm blanking and I know I'm not naming people and they're going to be like, what the fuck? Why not me? And look, uh, everybody, like everyone out there is, is just going out there. And if, if you're on shows, know that you are killing it. Um, and if you're not on shows yet, like, cool, man, keep working. Uh, I wish I was on a show every weekend. I will be honest. I, there is a part of me that is so envious when I see people who are doing it every weekend. And it's like, well, again, I haven't earned it yet. I'm not there yet. I'm still new. Plus, you know, if I were out there doing every weekend right now, um, I would need to come up with so much more material and I, I am still working on that. You know, I've got maybe a, a good half hour worth of stuff I can, I can guaranteed pull from right at this moment. Um, not that it's structured, I just have that much stuff. And how successful any of it is, that's open to interpretation. Uh, I know there's there's a few things that you know, when they hit with people, they fucking hit, but the people it doesn't hit with don't care. Um, you know, cause I do a lot of material about being queer or, uh, you know, some of my more liberal stuff where I go on rants against, uh, police brutality, or I talk about incels or whatever. I've, I've got my material. Hell, one of the, the funniest things that, to me that's ever happened is I was doing an open mic and, I have a, a little bit about um, the band Sublime and <laughs> mumbling off in the corner, I hear KB Marion telling me not to go after Sublime. Uh, sorry, KB, but what can you do? Everyone's got their, their tastes. Because um, I will make fun of Sublime again. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of KB, and I mentioned Amy Blaze and Timmy Blaze, and uh, I am going to be on the Happy Corner podcast. We already recorded it, but I believe it drops probably the same day that this is dropping. I think it drops on uh, on Wednesday, and this will be released on Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, you can get double dose of me if, if that sounds like something you'd be into. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit of... Uh, some some initial thoughts on comedy. I'm sure I will have so much more to say uh, as I, I get more into it and do more. And I'd love to have conversations with some comics who are more uh, established or have more history or have more time or are more students of the craft. You know, I, I welcome more perspectives on this. And if, if you've got uh, a perspective that you want to share, uh, by all means, hit me up at any of the social medias at Skits Jones, skitsjones.com, skitsmjones at gmail.com, um, any of the places. Uh, so that's the social medias. All right. I uh, think that's about enough. Man, really just kind of the one topic today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I will be right back with your recommendations and your tarot pull. All right, and we are back with your recommendations. Uh, all right, new track that just dropped. Uh, Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction is back and has a new song uh, called Pirate Punk Politician. 
Uh, and it's a jam. If you're into the Jane's Addiction, uh, porno for pyros kind of thing, uh, then you're going to dig it. It's, it's right in line with what Perry Farrell does best. Uh, the instrumentation is solid. Uh, it's definitely a, a showcase for uh, Perry. And um, I'm a huge Jane's Addiction fan. I have a massive thigh piece dedicated to their album, Nothing Shocking. Uh, I, I love the weirdness of that band. Um, the, the disparate elements, you know, whether it's the, the, the metal that Navarro brought to it or that avant-garde weirdness that Perry Farrell brought. Um, the, the bass lines of, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the other two members of Jane's Addiction and I didn't do any sort of research before I did this recommendation, but you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I love Jane's Addiction. Um, but this is not Jane's Addiction I'm talking about. It's Perry Farrell and Pirate Punk Politician, the new song. Uh, it's good. I recommend it. Check it out. Hopefully it's a jam you enjoy. Uh, another jam that definitely focuses more on the jam. Uh, Acid Mother's Temple is this psychedelic, uh, just tripped out band from Japan. Uh, and they've got uh, a couple of tracks. It's Pink Lady Lemonade Parts 1 or 2. I recommend finding the live versions. This is, if you've ever wanted to listen to some music that will change your mindset, with or without the uh, advantage of having drugs as well. Uh, definitely check out Acid Mother's Temple, Pink Lady Lemonade. I saw them live uh, last year for the first time, and they were absolutely incredible. Uh, the sound was fantastic. You are just riding waves of soundscape. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, those are my song recommendations. Uh, in terms of a TV recommendation, Broad City is on uh, their fifth and final season. And I just started binging it uh, with my fiance Kayla, uh, starting from season one. Because I've, I've never devoted myself to watching it. I've seen episodes, and I've always enjoyed what I've seen. Uh, but I never, like, got through an entire series, uh, or an entire season. So we just finished season one. It's fantastic. Um, Abby and Alana are great. Hannibal Burris is fantastic. Um, man, I wish Hannibal Burris was just in everything, really. Uh, but yeah, the entire cast is, is fantastic. All the, the secondary and tertiary characters are great. Um, so yeah, uh, Broad City, if you've never watched it, give it a, give it a shot. Give it a try. Uh, give it a few episodes. See what you think. Um, they're a half hour each, you know, it's not a huge investment. So check that out. And now for your tarot card pull, uh, once again, I'm, I'm pulling from the illest tarot deck and what we've got today is the eight of pentacles. And let's see. So good news, bad news situation. The eight of pentacles is about work. Uh, it is an all work, no play kind of a card. This is the the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty, the uh, elbow grease, you know, nose to the grindstone work. Um, uh, 
that sucks. Um, but here's the thing about work. You put in the work and you get the payout at the end. So yeah, know that right now there is a hustle. And if there is a hustle, whatever the hustle is, you know, whether you're a performer or an office worker or a truck driver or a teacher or whatever, uh, you've got the labor ahead of you. Actually, it's not even ahead of you. It is right now. It is right now in your path. You are doing it. And this is the card telling you that, yeah, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be the work. You've got to do the work. There will be rewards. You know, you have to uh, plant the field before you can get the crops. So this is the planting. This is the, the you know, the, the long road to hoe. Um, so dwell on that. What is the job? What is the hustle? What is the work? What is the work you've got to be doing? Do that work. Focus on it. Do the thing. Um, and know that there will be a reward. You might not see it now. You might not see it for a while. But keep your nose to the grindstone. Keep grinding. Keep hustling. Keep doing the thing. We're all going to get there. Uh, as my dude Pat Monix uh, used to say, I don't know if he still says it, we haven't worked a show together in a while. Shout out to... Pat Monix, Project Monix, out there doing big things. Uh, he used to say, we're all going to make it. And I still believe that. I still think there's room for all of us at the top, mostly because there is no top anymore. There's just a really big middle for everybody. Uh, but that's another rant for another time. Uh, so I'm going to leave you. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. If you have feedback, hit me up. You know the socials. You know the thing. And... Uh, We'll catch you next time. Uh, I'll drop another one this weekend. Until then, y'all keep that trash fire burning.